0: Are you conscious of your addiction? Refuse to be defined by it? Not satisfied with living your life on the surface? Are you drawn to deeper meaning and purpose? And believe that it's possible to grow through your addiction to experience true freedom? Well, welcome home. Share the journey from addiction to freedom with your host, Michael Gregory. welcome everyone to another episode of Addiction to Freedom. And today my guest is Patricia Love. She is someone who really kind of walks her talk. Um, We've just had a a really interesting conversation and I think um, you're really going to enjoy unpacking particularly not just really for women, even though she focuses on on women's empowerment and transformation, I think it's relevant to everybody. She's written a book called Seen and Unheard. And I really recommend that you kind of check that out. What we really talked about is just a little bit about how kind of past can kind of, in a way, condition us to put walls up. And, 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 and in a way that, can in some ways, Prevent us from getting the very things that we're really wanting, you know. And we did talk about, you know, the desire for connection and, and being acknowledged and things like that. And we briefly touched on how some of these behaviours can become repetitive and, um, and 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 in some ways subtle forms of addiction. So, or or even major forms of addiction. And, and um, Patricia's got you know a very powerful story there, the how she's. Come through her own experience of you know being at rock bottom and then and then re you know unpacking that and rebuilding quite amazing. So you're going to really enjoy this episode and uh, I really appreciate the time I've spent with Patricia today. Well, welcome Patricia. It's really, really nice to meet you. We've just had a little chat before I hit the record button. That was nice, but I didn't want to get too far into things because yeah. I didn't want to kind of miss the gold for our, our kind of recorded chat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know because it's real easy just to kind of like start chatting and like, oh, I forgot to record That's right.
0: That. <laughs> Sometimes all, yeah, you know, really it's just because it's so relaxed and off camera, you know, a lot of good stuff is, is there. So, like, like I was saying just before, you know, my interest is in how I kind of think we all have addictions and it's not just the mm-hmm. the obvious ones that everyone kind of stereotypes in terms of drug addictions or um, it's, it's a little bit more uh, wide range now. We can have codependence addiction and love addiction and gaming addiction online, social oh, media yeah. and all that kind of thing. But I think there's even more subtle addictions And I think we were about to start touching on that. And I kind of was, I was really curious to to see what you thought, Mm -hmm. maybe from your, perhaps from your own experience, or I know you have a bit of a, you've had a bit of a journey there. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. I think that addiction is a wide range, can be very small, but, you know, to the individual, that addiction could be almost debilitating. You know, it could be, because it's just depending on what it's causing you. For instance, in my in my world, I found that the behaviors that I was doing on a pretty regular basis and, and kind of going, doing the same thing over and over again, and kind of getting always that same result because I couldn't break or interrupt that addiction or interrupt that behavior, you might say. And I found I found that what I was doing was be, a lot of behavioral addiction. And a lot of that was learned or not learned in some ways when I was growing up and I was younger because I didn't have the the people to encourage me, to inspire me, to teach me about finances, to teach me about relationships, to teach me about drugs, to teach me about anything, because I just kind of grew up with a very unemotional father and a mother that was an alcoholic. So I came into an addiction from somebody else. And so her her job that I like to say was, I just need to get rid of Patricia right now because so I can drink. So her goal was it was to like go take the car, go play with your friends, go do anything, just get out of my okay. way. So this <laughs> you your know? mom was. So there was never any abuse. Yeah.
0: yeah, your mom was asking you to go and do something so that she could get plastered.
1: Exactly, exactly, and and it was always so interesting because when you're growing up, you don't always. You don't get that, right? You don't really understand that. You think it's normal. And, but kids, you know, we're like sponges. And so we, you know, we learn what we live at that time. So what I was taught, which ended up putting me into more behavioral addiction, I would, I like to say, is a father that did not know how to hug me, love me. And to give a good example, and I like to say this, is that he would write his his birthday cards to me or a Christmas card. Happy birthday, Mr. Jack M. Love. Not dad, not anything. So it was like, so for me, it was having that plus the the mother that just didn't know how to love. And so she was just coping with the father. So they had their own stories. But at the time when you're growing up, you don't know and understand that. You just think, what's going on? I guess this is normal. Until you see other people's lives and other people's families. And they're different than yours. And you're like, you almost cock your head in a way. And it's like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Oh, I guess this is just the way it is, you know? And so you, you learn to do that. But unfortunately, because of those behaviors you learn, when you get into your teen years, right, you start kind of rebelling and you start kind of doing things you probably shouldn't because you didn't get that attention. So you're looking and craving for attention. So that became an addiction is finding that love, finding that, you know, somebody to care about me. And I mentioned earlier is like in my twenties, I, you know, unfortunately I was raped twice and within a couple of years and it threw me also in a tizzy. So I was looking for love and all the wrong places because I was just searching for why can't somebody love me? Or maybe I can buy love because my father bought me presents. So that was the way he showed love. So then I turned into that trying to buy love in relationships, which, you know, that didn't work. So I had a continual cycle of addiction of bad behaviors, negative behaviors, finding all the wrong men, uh, jumping into drugs, jumping into drinking, because that would also... Make me more you know open, you might say it always has a tendency we believe to make me feel better, but it doesn't make you feel better usually the next morning. <laughs> but there was just a lot going on, you might say, at that time. So I would say that, yeah, having alcoholic mom and everything else, it was just a crazy, crazy time,
0: yeah, that's um, I mean, I, I was listening to you there and and I was right right there with you, and then when you just when you mentioned that you were raped twice and then kept on talking. Yeah. I was struggling still to stay with you because that kind of like <laughs> hit me like a bomb, you know? And I, I just, I can't get, I mean, I, maybe you're, obviously you're past that, but I mean, how does it happen?
1: Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You know, do we ever really get past it? Yeah. You know, I would have to say, yes. Do so you learn to live with it? And you learn, you learn as you grow older that it's not you, but I, I also see... That when, because I talk with women that have been raped too, or had abuse, yeah. you know, of some sort. And they too, you, you move forward, but you don't forget. Mm. And, you know, and it because it sets up there, it's like anything, there's a complete violation when that happens. For And and actually, the one of the rapes was by a stranger, because I uh, had a flat tire, and he supposedly was going to help me. And the second one was actually ended up being a boyfriend who threw me in a hospital after the fact. So, it's you know two different situations, two different reasons. You do have to learn to forgive that, but but it also because I didn't want to. I blamed myself, of course. But as you move through, I was really good at compartmentalizing, which is what a lot of people are, whether they're in an addiction or whether you know you know going through different things, because they put a mask on a mask on mm. to get through the day. Yeah. And I think that that also, you're not careful, that becomes a slight addiction too because you're becoming somebody that you're not. And addiction, what it does is it makes you somebody that you're not, depending on what kind of addiction you are. I mean, you know, obviously there's drugs and different things, but yeah. So there's a lot of negative behaviors, addictions that that a lot of different people have. And I think some people kind of get caught up in, in like, well, I'm not an alcoholic. I just seltzer drink. But they also have negative behaviors that are creating a a, a very negative response in life and in their own happiness. So because addiction really is just addicted to something that is not really making you happy, but you just get addicted, whether it's uh, sex, whether it's, um, uh, uh, you know, drinking, smoking, because you're distracting, you want to distract. And that's where I think that behaviors are an addiction too, because they're just trying to distract you. Until you learn and understand that you can interrupt them, just like a regular smoking addiction, you can stop. But it's just whether or not you're ready. And you have to be ready because I can't tell you to stop drinking or stop smoking. You have to make that decision for yourself. In my case, it took a lot of years, but I had to get to the point where I got to the point where everything kind of hit the head at one time rather than sometimes we get we get hit with little here and a little there, and you you kind of move through things. I got hit with a lot of stuff at one time, whereas I had was wearing that mask, you might say, and I was really good at making money, but I was really good at spending it. So there was also a slight other addiction of just, you know, making spending, making spending, right? <laughs> and so, and I almost was out, out of control.
0: What was the mask? You mentioned before that, there's two, a couple of things you mentioned. One was I think you mentioned, you know, you were looking for something that you didn't have. Let's say, you know, your mum was telling you to go away and she wasn't available because she was getting drunk and your father didn't, you know, seem to be distant emotionally as well. And and I'm curious, I'm wondering whether right. one of the things you were looking for, I think you mentioned it, that you wanted to, you know, you're, you're trying to buy love or get Mm -hmm. that connection, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I was looking for love. Yeah, looking for love, and I have to call it looking for love in all the wrong places because people then, they don't understand the difference between love and sex a lot of times. And so when you're trying to get somebody to love you, then you become and do things maybe you wouldn't normally do you want the attention. And I learned that because my dad would buy me things because he had, you know, whether he had money or not, that was how he, that's how he showed his love. So that in turn, I learned that like, oh, okay. So he bought me that. Maybe if I buy something for somebody else that they will love me because, you know, but I didn't really completely understand all that till later in life. Because it, 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 there are times when you're like, you criticize your parents, like if they, if they weren't drunk or if they would have done this, you're, you know, you play that victim mentality until you come to a point where like, I can't do this anymore. And my, my point came at 57, which a lot of people will say, oh my God, that's, that's you know, how do you even change that? But, you know, I, I, the real estate business in, um, in the States, really started, to fall, it fell out. My husband had left. I had already been married, th- you know, three times or in re- many relationships. And, but this, my husband had left me for a younger woman. I was 40 pounds overweight. I was drinking way too much. In fact, to this particular day, I was drunk on martinis and I had no money at that point because I spent it all because I was really good at making, but really good at spending. But unfortunately, I was at the bottom of where the real estate industry was and was you know how am I going to pay my rent next month? So it, when it comes to a head like that, you have a tendency to like okay, I just can't do this anymore. Or at least I
0: did. Yeah, yeah. So what was when you unpacked it all? What do you think was? I mean, I know there was external circumstances with the you know global financial mm-hmm, crisis mm-hmm. and things like that. But you're sure. you're you're relating it back to this being kind of like a culmination of your journey at that point. You know, I mean, so I can, so what did you, yes. when you unpacked it, what did you see as the root of that?
1: Well, actually, it it's interesting you asked that question, because I think I'm continually, or we all continue to unpack in some ways, yeah. right? <laughs> but there was a period of time where, like, I said to myself, I can't keep doing this, because there's a lot less life in front of me than there is now behind me. So I actually have to get, to get my shit.
0: What was the this that you can't, just to so that we can be clear, so I can be clear, what was the this that you wanted, that you said, I can't keep doing this? What's this?
1: Okay. What was this? What was that? You know, it was it was the roller coaster. I was tired of the roller coaster of on the high, you know, making money, then on the low scrambling for money, on the high of a great relationship and then it all falling apart or me taking off and running away on the high of losing, you know, 20, 30 pounds. And then, you know, putting 40 pounds, 50 pounds back on. It was the roller coaster ride, which is all great when you're on a high. But, and you tend to forget the crash, but then you just, you're just trying to get on that hamster wheel to keep going, to keep pedaling. And I was just peddling so much all the time. I just was like, I can't do this anymore. I got to make some changes in my life and I have to disrupt. So I had to, I had to get really truthful with myself. And I think with a lot of people, it's hard for them to acknowledge the truths that maybe they're, they played parts in a lot of things that happen in your life, that there was a lot of negativity or I have negativity and maybe I was judgmental and maybe I was quick, quick, too quick to react. You know, I had to acknowledge that I wasn't perfect, (laughs) you know, that I was flawed, you know, and and that's not easy for people to admit. It's, It's like an alcoholic saying, my mother, she quit drinking and she quit drinking at 55, which would have made me about 20 something and 29. But she had to have a a come to reality to change her life. Nobody, none of the family could help her. You have to, you know, because they start sneaking and do things. So it was the same thing. I had to decide and make the decision, do I want to change and am I willing to change? And what I came up with is I have to change because I never want to be on the floor like this again, in my condominium, drunk. Broke, overweight, not a you know, no relationship, nobody around to help me. And you know, money just out the door. I never wanted to go back there again. And that to me was my why. And I actually ended up writing that why down so that I could read it periodically. So I would if I you know how you sometimes get complacent a little bit and things start you can fall back until you create habits, until you can you can fall back into it, like like smoking or alcoholism or anything like that, if you're not careful, it, you get kind of used to it. like, oh, I can take a drink. Oh, I can take a puff. I can, you know, I can do this. To me, no, I could not go back and I didn't want to slip back into that negative behavior because it was it was easy to do because it's comfortable, right? It's comfortable.
0: Totally. It's the familiar. But, and, and when I mean, I noticed your book is called Seen and Unheard. And I was wondering if there's a connection there between, you know, the root of, you know, your cyclic kind of boom and bust behavior, was it something to do with being unheard?
1: Absolutely, and I think that a lot of people are seen, and especially women, they're seen and not listened to, uh-huh. and uh, are unheard, and I, it started with me when I was a child at three years of age, believe it or not, and I remember it pretty pretty clearly that I was walking down the street with my sister and my mother, and a woman stopped my mom and, and looked at me and oh, and she she was a it was she was a, a black lady. She looked at me and says, You have such a, such a beautiful little girl. And I looked at this lady and said, Yes, but did you notice my eyelashes? And why are you so black? And my mother went, she went crazy. Mm-hmm. She 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 started walking away and she got around the corner, she put her finger in my face and said, you never say that or anything like this again. You, you are to be seen and not heard, you know, unless you're spoken to. Well,
0: that's like the old... You
1: embarrassed me. Like, so her a child, that was like, oh my God, I upset my mother. I embarrassed my mother, you know. But yet the lady was so kind, yeah. and, you know, because she answered back and she just yeah. said, she said, well, yes, I did notice your lasses and I I was born black. <laughs> and it, it was, she was the nicest person in the world. Yeah. but. You know, my my mom being an alcoholic, she was up and down all the time. But I remember this, and so that was the first thing. Is like I, I guess I should be quiet, not speak. And then it kind of goes when you grow up, you the images and 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 this, the situations you're in. A lot of women get thrown into this is it, almost a second class citizen in some cases because you know you're not good enough, you're not smart enough to 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 take that job and. You, you know, you don't need to be seen. Just sit there and look pretty. So, you know, there was a the, lot of that. You know, and so... When
0: I talk to, to women, I've often heard them say, you know, that they have to work twice as hard. And then when they get into the room at the ta- seat at the table that they've earned probably two times over, and when they share their ideas, okay. it's not until somebody, a, a man... Repeats that idea as if it's his, and then everyone agrees with it. it
1: That's exactly true. And right, I and I worked in a dominated men's world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I said it, but it didn't become real until somebody else said it, and, and another gender, the man. So yeah, there was a there's a lot of that in the workplace, a lot of that in just in relationships, you know. Also, because between your significant others, if you're talked down to. You you tend to learn to if I'm just quiet and I don't talk back, I won't be in trouble.
0: Mm, if you don't, want and to be there's there's a piece yourself. of that, especially in relationships.
1: Yeah, yeah, and in work, it's like, why did you say that? You know, that's just not it. Stupid. You know, in work sometimes. So. it's a constant battle. And I think, and hopefully it's changing, but I I, I wrote the book because I really want women to know that I see them and I hear them. And the more that people can listen, they're not just men and women, because men are unheard too, a lot of times, but it's really saying, I want to, I want to hear you because what you say is worthwhile. And that's all people really want is they want to be acknowledged. They want to be acknowledged and, and respected. Whether you're man or woman or gender, whatever gender you may be, you want respect. And and I think that's that's not asking a lot of anybody, but it seems to be hard, very hard for a lot of people to to give out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and just to follow on from that, I totally agree with you. But and to follow on from that is, um, you know, on a deeper level, we're, we're looking, I think, for connection. You know, somehow being understood and seen in your terms is a kind of a, the feeling of connection, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a feeling of connection because actually as as people, we were born to be kind of brought up in a village in a lot of ways where everybody cared for each other and took care of one another, right? Because we we need community. It's like if you isolate somebody for a long period of time, right? As an individual, they can go insane. Mm. They can go crazy because they don't have that connection. So we're always striving for that connection and learning how to even connect with ourselves. But if you can learn to be comfortable with you and connect with yourself, you can get through a lot more things than, and than not having, you know, to to worry about the connectivity of everybody else. And I, let me explain that for instance, like in, during COVID uh-huh. there was a disconnect from so many people. Right. And so there, there, there was a mental health issues because people didn't like being alone. They didn't want to be alone. And a lot of it is because they never learned to be alone and and to love who they were and be okay with this while they move through this craziness Hmm. pandemic. So the people that that kind of went in and learned to love themselves a little bit more and find out who they are and that they're good people and they deserve, those people were able to maneuver through this Pandemic much easier than other people. Mm,
0: mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot of things coming to mind as you speak. You know, in terms of just connecting up from some of the things that you said earlier about your history and 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 upbringing and things that you know we want. We're looking for this connection. But and I was just thinking that while even though everyone I suppose really loved that to have that kind of connection. It's also kind of this inherent self-interest that that kind of gets in the way of connecting with others, you know, because we're so, you know, like you said before, you know, you kind of put on a mask in order to cope. And we're kind of in this conundrum where we've got to wear the mask in order to feel safe, but we desperately don't want to really wear that mask because we want to connect, you know. Uh, how, how do you deal with it? I think women, well, and
1: the hard part
0: of it, all of it, is it comes down to trust. Trust? Yeah, it
1: comes down yeah, to
0: trust. Yeah, but, and, but the thing is that we don't put the mask on intentionally. I mean, maybe we do sometimes, but a lot of the time the reactions that we have in relationships are often subconscious and we have to become aware of those in order to to grow so a lot of the mask is actually just an automatic, you know, fight or flight, self protective mechanism. It, it's not. A, it's not an easy thing to just take it off like a set of clothing.
1: No, it, and, it, and it, it's
0: no. we're constantly trying to get that connection in other ways that are safe, but still at a distance. You know, so we're kind of, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot all the time.
1: It's hard, and it's uh, it, because it's vulnerable. And people yeah. don't like to be vulnerable. They're they and what that's what I when I use the word trust, it's it's trusting in yourself that it's going to be okay. But that's really hard if you're wearing these masks because you're trying to be safe and and, and keep yourself safe, which is, you know, something that's instinctive in us is to keep yeah. ourselves safe, right? Yeah. And yeah. so it it's a real fight in so many ways, and and to. Be able to say, wait a minute, I'm going to be not only vulnerable to others and take a chance, but also yeah. be vulnerable with myself and say mm. that I'm flawed or I'm not, you know, that maybe I need to make some changes and and and, and start yes. slowly making them. And it, it's going in is, and everybody says, you know, loving yourself, but it really is just going in and finding out who you are and what so, you yeah. want to be. And, and yeah.
0: So with that, because I totally uh, agree with you there, what do you mean by that, of of, um, going in and finding out who you are? How how is that for you?
1: For me, it came down to I just want to feel peaceful every single day. Uh And everybody's going to be slightly different, but for me, knowing I did the best I could do, because you know it's it's always an, a path it's always new you're learning every single day and you you can't expect to be turn around and be like everything's fine <laughs> you know it's all good now it's a constant journey because you have constant triggers there's triggers from other people there's triggers from your past there's triggers from, you know, like somebody, if I see something that's uh, maybe about a rape that triggers something like, you know, it makes me think about it, you know, not maybe to debilitating or anything, but just brings it back up. And so I have to then reassure myself, you're taking the right direction. You're, you're You're keeping yourself safe. You're learning to trust. And I think the main thing is people need to understand is it's all baby steps. It's all very simple, one step at a time, and give yourself some grace, because we all have struggles. I mean, life is a beautiful struggle to me, and it's just the way it's always gonna be. And it's a matter of how you decide that you are going to handle these different things. And, you know, for me, I did not want to ever be financially in a financing situation, where I didn't have any money, so I had to to decide that I needed to learn about money because I never learned about it. I didn't understand it. So and, and so a lot of this is just educating yourself that oh, I can do that. So if I just pay this off and keep paying that off, because I was like one hundred forty thousand dollars in debt too, which I had to pay off, and I just you know took one step at a time to do this. And when you see little baby steps that go forward and you decide I'm going to celebrate every baby step, then those baby steps get bigger and bigger because your, your confidence now is growing because you're feeling that you are able to, to do things and move forward. But it's always a journey. It's always something. And everybody's slightly different.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what I'm, what I'm kind of getting there is that your method was to identify the The things that were really that you never wanted yeah. to happen again, and then right. make a plan around those and and do baby steps towards right. that
1: well, I actually actually, michael, i have I had five words, <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, five words that I actually uh, and, and interesting and it it's it's a story that it's um for some people would think was a little woo-woo, okay, <laughs> but weird things happen to people. Interesting. It's really what you believe. And if it works, that's great. You know, right. So for me, when that, that day in, in, in 2009, and I, can, I have September of 2009, when I was on that floor and everything was just falling apart, you know, the husband left for a younger woman, I was in debt and all these things. i am also very much of a pet lover. And I also believe that, you know, they give value to us in so many ways and my I had a cat that was 13 at the time. And I felt this, cause I was crying. I mean, literally I was like down in the dumps. And this, her name was Hula. And she put her paw on me and I looked over and all I could see were these big eyes. And I swear that there was this energy that came through me that said, take your power back. You've given your power away to too many people, to too many things, to too many, you know, uh, situations take your power back. And this energy came up through me. And the next thing I knew, I had five words that just popped into my head. And those five words, I I immediately wrote down, I had no idea at the time why I was writing them down. I just said, I better write these, I better write these suckers down. So, and the five words were acknowledgement, forgiveness, mindset, accountability, and perseverance. And then I added later on gratitude, but those were the five words that, that for me, I live by every single day because I acknowledge anything that is going on. I had to learn to forgive my rapist. I had to learn to forgive my father. I had to learn to forgive my mother. They had their own stories. And it's not there, you know. But as a kid, as a child, I didn't understand that. And I was just learning what I lived. But as an adult, I can make those changes. I didn't make it until later in life, but, you know, but as an adult, you have, and you can choose. I didn't have the choices as a child, you know, and so I live by those words every day. And my uh, perseverance word, that's my why when I, cause I wrote out my why, cause I never wanted to be back there and I've never gone back there. Now, have I taken two steps forward sometimes and a half step back? Yes. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. that's normal, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the I find that the patterns are, you know, sometimes they just be. It's like onion layers, you know. They become less obvious, and you go, oh, you discover, oh, that's that same pattern, but in a more subtle way. And you know, and so then you deal with it at a more subtle level.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because yeah, it's interesting because we have a tendency. When we start to learn about ourselves, we become much more intuitive. We become much more understanding and, and you listen more to yourself. You listen to that intuition, you listen to that or you hear more where you when you're on a hamster wheel, like most people are, until they pause and get off, they just they don't hear anything because they're just their brains just going like this, so you have to learn to to actually chill out, and I don't mean meditate necessarily, but just quietate is my new word, quietate and focus, and you really start seeing and feeling those things. And then those small little things that maybe that onion peeled back that day, you're like, Yeah, you know what? I, I can see that. Let me, let me, let me see if I can work on that. You know, and, and acknowledge that, you know, you're gonna be working on things for the rest of your life. <laughs> It just gets a little easier sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me about your your work with. I know that you work with women uh, to help them. You know, in a way, I, I suppose, kind of emulate your transformation. I'm guessing is that. How how do you do that? I mean, what kind of uh, what tools do you? What how do you work with with women in whatever what, what kind of things? Capacity. Do you Capacity.
1: Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I work with different, do work with women and I work with women, actually they have different things that are going on in their lives, but all it all leads back to self-esteem and confidence when it comes uh-huh. down to it. That seems to all go back to that confidence level and that self-esteem and not good enough because somewhere down the line, something has affected them and which again, you know, I can relate to. But it also it's interesting. Some people are very confident in their work area because that's, you know, they can do really well. But when they come home and their personal life, it sucks. <laughs> OK, yeah. so they're yeah. really good at work and they're maybe good at making money in some cases, but they're really bad and they're personalized and maybe have been divorced. And so it, it's not a balance. And so there, a lot of women are looking for balance, but they're looking for confidence and self-esteem because I believe that confidence creates freedom. Because the, the more confident, and I don't mean boast, boastful and conceited or arrogant. I mean, just yeah. being assertive and just being comfortable in your own skin to say no and to create boundaries. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have the boundaries. And, and a lot of women were, were yes people in so many ways. Because if, if some people have children, they've got to take care of things. They're like, they, they say yes to PTA stuff. They say yes. And then they go, why did I do that? Because I don't yeah. want—I don't have the time to do that. So they yeah. had to learn that it's okay to yeah. say no, and that boundaries can build your confidence. And they find out that people are, will still like them because the problem is that most women are people pleasers, mm. and they're trying to please everybody else, but they forget to take care of themselves. So that's that's pretty much what I do every day.
0: Wonder why that's that's happens to women? Do you think?
1: Because I think it would, it, innately, we have a very nurturing type of nature. Because of p- women birth children, it's a it, we have an automatic nurturing gene, you might say. And of course, some men do too. I'm not saying that they don't. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that, you know, I'm yeah. just talking about women right now. But we have women have a tendency because they birth, and, and there's this automatic mothering and caring and nurturing and let me help you. Let me, let me do, see what I can do for you. Now, and not all women, but you know, a good yeah. portion of them and, and, but it can take them to a level where they're now taking away from themselves completely. And so they're empty inside they're, they, they They haven't filled up their gas tank. And so they're give, give, give. And then, then they basically just, I can't give anymore. And so they have to learn to love yourself first. It's it's kind of like when you're flying on an airplane. What do they automatically say? And I used to be a flight attendant years ago, is that when the oxygen drop drops down, put it on your face first. Then you put it on your child's. Because if you're not breathing, you can't help anybody else.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that there's yeah. age old wisdom in that, you know, in a sense, you know, and looking at well, you know, a
1: lot of this isn't rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, honestly, it's just a matter of do we – We here's the funny thing is that we all know a lot of this, but do we do it? Oh, I know yeah. about that. I should do that. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what? how does your program help women kind of put this into action? Is it a step-by-step well, – process or yeah. is it a coaching thing or how does it work?
1: Yeah. I mean, I call it my five diamonds because I believe that we're all diamonds in the rough and uh, we're, we're, but diamonds are strong and they come from the ground. And, it, you know, you just have to, some sometimes we just have to keep polishing them up and creating the more diamonds and the facets and the different things. But my five diamonds are, are, are my five words that I mentioned to you earlier, the acknowledgement, the forgiveness, the mindset, pers- accountability, and perseverance. And that's, that's my core of it. But I also believe you have to listen to each individual woman because every one of us is different in so many ways, yet all the same. But everybody learns differently. Everybody needs to, you know, and they need to be listened to, so that I can understand really where is the issue. Is the issue with relationships and your boundaries and not saying no, or is it maybe you have anger because of something in your in your past? I don't know yet, you know. So it's kind of like there's a program, but it's it you can you know it can go a little bit here and there just because nobody's exactly the same. I wouldn't want to be treated exactly the same because everybody wants to be acknowledged. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. So I want to make sure I see and hear every one of those people and listen to them, what they're saying, and listening to what they're saying and, and what they're not saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess you can, and that's where you can, That's as a coach, or, you know, that's where you can come in and, and help shine some light on those areas.
1: Exactly, and a lot of it is just shining your light on a lot of it, and, and it's just... Uh, because a lot of them go, oh yeah, I do that all the time, but I just forgot about it, you know. And it's just bringing it out to light and and not mixing, you know, not trying to be too nice. Because I always tell my my clients, I'm like, look at this. Is, this could some of this, you know, coaching could make you cry, <laughs> you know. Some of it because you, people, you may need to go deeper than you wanted to go. And, but you need to go there in order to come out and, and, and have those bricks come off of your shoulders, because we're holding up in so much stuff sometimes that when you can actually talk about it and, and get it out, it's like, that's almost the relief right there. And then it just becomes habit, you know, of understanding and being aware of it and, and what triggers you. Because that's the main thing is like, what's triggering you? and uh, and people don't really think about that much. You know, when they get angry, like, well, oh, now I know what's triggering me, and i I can watch for it.
0: Well it sounds to me like it's kind of a process of seeing seeing yourself as well as being seen, you know, being seen by yourself, I suppose. So that it totally is
1: all being seen, but then it's it's seeing who you are and and mm. then who you want to be. You know, and, w- mm. and what kind of addiction do you have? You know, what are you? Are you addicted to saying yes all the time? Are you, uh, you know, you do not have any boundaries? And a lot of times for I find that women especially, they do have a pretty strong work ethic and they're pretty pretty confident in most cases. But a lot of it comes from the personal part of their life, which seems to be a lot of shambles, at least a lot of the people that I work with. You know, so for me, I wanted to make sure that you know all women were able to be coached. And so I mentioned earlier that it's not out yet, but within the next two weeks, that I I created an app called Confident You, that I can hopefully help women work through a lot of things more in a group effort, but also some one on one a little bit. So that's what my goal is.
0: Nice. Oh, great! What's it called?
1: Confident You, like confident, and then you with the. It's almost oh, like yeah. university, but put the U at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that, uh, I'm, I'm laughing because I know I shouldn't say it, but it, but it's kind of the opposite of despicable me, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In some cases, it's just yeah. like we think of ourselves, you know, my God, you know, but, you know, we're going to turn that despicable me back around into a confident you. So,
0: you know. <laughs> but, um, can I ask, we've touched on it along the way, um, that, you know, that we're all kind of working on various addictions and things. And, um, I'm kind of curious, do you have anything that you feel that you're working on at the moment? Oh, if that's okay to ask.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important. And I, I am still working on, that confidence a bit because there's still when you have years and years of people kind of telling you, you're not good enough, you know, you, even though I can react to it better and get out of it quicker, I still have these like, Oh my God, am I good enough to do this? You know, am I smart enough? And then, but but as soon as I hear those things come out of my head or out of my mouth, you know, I immediately stop it. Like, no, you're really smart. You realize how far you've come. And so yeah. you really have to have a conversation with yourself sometimes because that yeah. little voice can really mess you up if you're not mm-hmm. careful. So I try to mm-hmm. kind of cut it at its legs quickly, but it's still there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and I think I'd, everybody would be lying if they didn't say that they didn't feel that way sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like we were saying before there's onion layers of various, you know, levels of subtlety of the same pattern. That's but right. uh, it, it, it I mean that voice that you're talking about is essentially thoughts, isn't it? But it's oh, yeah, more than it's just that thought.
1: thoughts or triggers. But triggers? Yeah, things that trigger but, you.
0: And it's it's also believing the thoughts, isn't it? It's like, you know, anyone can yes, have the and, same uh, thoughts. That's
1: why affirmations are so so important.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I've been thinking yeah. about. In fact, I was only thinking about this. I think this morning or yesterday, just to, uh, about belief. You know, because a while ago I kind of realised that belief is a set of thoughts. Uh, a belief is a set of thoughts, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's more. So, so there's that's one component of it. The other component is what makes that set of thoughts a belief versus just a set of thoughts. Why is one a belief and one not, you know, because a belief is also something that, you know, if I believe it, then it's personal to me. And what I realized is that the thing that changes it from just a, a set of thoughts for me to a belief is whether I take that set of thoughts and make it part of what I call me, you know, and whether I take it on as, as as part of me, you know that I am confident or I am weak or uh, things like that, you know because because when I say I am confident or I am weak, they're just words. you know that means nothing except if I take it in and I, I think it's actually defining me and, and a description of me. you know I think a lot of times overcoming these beliefs is is starting to understand. That that's kind of the mechanism of what it is, and that there's there's a a bigger part of us that's actually able to look at that and go, "Hang on a minute, that isn't necessarily a definition of me." Yes, I have did behave in that way, and I did believe that at one time. But right now, I can look at that and go, "No, there's more to me than just that," you know.
1: But that yeah, I. I completely agree, and but it is also getting to that point where you can have that conversation with yourself, because until you learn that they are just words, and those words, you can take those words any way you want to, and you can either turn them into the belief that I'm not good enough, or you can turn them into the belief that I am confident thing. So you have to make a decision, which way am I going to believe? And that's really becoming more and more in tuned with who you are. And then, and then that it slowly builds where you can have that conversation with yourself. Before, I remember when I first started, I had to plaster, I did like little uh, post notes all over the place, right? You know, like you're fabulous, you can do this. You know, and I had to have something in my face to remind me. I even put things in my pockets and so I would accidentally pull something out and there would be a surprise sign like you did awesome today. It's I had to really put that belief into my system so that it became habit. So it becomes habit because everything is a habit, whether you're good habits or bad habits. And it's so much, unfortunately it's easier to make bad habits than it is to, to crack them and make turn them into good habits sometimes. But it takes a while and people give up too quickly. You know, when it's really a lifetime or a lifestyle change, it's kind of like, wait, wait. I try to tell people I was, you know, I was 40, 50 pounds overweight, but I didn't want to diet. I wanted to just change my lifestyle. I wanted to eat well on a regular basis and, and still enjoy life. Same thing with learning to be in tune with yourself is creating those good habits and you fall back here and there because you're human. And And I think people need to give themselves grace you know, they need to say, hey, well, I didn't do such a great job today, but hey, I did good. You know, I tomorrow I'll do better. You know, it's a matter of how you speak to yourself. Because if you talk to people a lot of, and listen to people, and that's, I found that listening to others, people too, and excuse me for interrupting you, was that I learned so much from what they were saying and how I didn't want to be.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. and. And it is yeah, there's a, there's a lot in that, you know, just to be able to listen. And uh, you know often the times that we don't listen are often the times when our own kind of stuff is is coming up, preventing us from listening, you know, the times that are probably the most important time to listen,
1: yeah, you know, exactly. and but, but you learn you're learning, I learn to like, oh, wait a minute, I'm making this about myself now. No, let me let me make it about the person that's in front of me. Let me listen to them refocus because I can catch myself unfocusing, but I also can bring myself back. But but that's a learned habit. It's a learned thing. Whereas, you know, which that's why when I say it becomes easier and easier because it becomes a habit and it becomes very natural as we keep growing. And then you then you have this appetite of wanting to learn more and more and understanding more about you and listening to your intuition more and understanding and listening to other people. And it becomes exciting, actually, because you're really becoming a new you, but you're being a better person, I think, in the long run to help others also.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I see that with my clients as well, with the Stop Smoking program. When Once they stop smoking, they realize that, hang on a minute, I never thought that I could ever do this. I thought this was impossible. But now I actually have done what I thought was impossible. And the next thing they think is, well, I wonder what else I can do that I think is impossible. I wonder how else I can change. You know, what, And they start looking around at the next thing in their life to change and realizing that if you get the right skills and the right, the right support, you can change in positive ways. And you can, you know, you're not hopeless. You know, um, things can improve. And it's really empowering. I th- so and I think that you know in in other words, this, this the, you start to get this sense that that what you think you are is uh, perhaps not all that you are. And uh, I love that,
1: well, yeah, because we're limitless,
0: yeah, 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 we're limitless, yes,
1: you know, and our brain it, of course, is limitless because we don't even use like a small portion of it anyway. So can you imagine if we actually utilize what we had, what we could do? And that's why I keep saying to myself, it's like the more and the more I learn and the more I grow, the more I read, the more I educate myself when I say that, because I didn't have I didn't go to college. I dropped out. So I didn't have a formal education. But I also that doesn't stop you from learning, you know, because when you educate yourself and grow it expands your world.
0: Oh, totally. I and if totally you can expand agree.
1: your world, you can. You know that you can do limit. You know things are unlimited, and it's just a matter of you're the one putting the limits on yourself. Totally. And nobody else. Yeah. And and I always tell my clients, I said, I can help you if you're willing to if you're willing to be helped
0: yeah. or supported.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. I can do whatever, but you have to be willing to try new things.
0: Yeah, you might yeah. Say. Take a little step. Yeah, that's right. Look, I'd like to. Um, I thank you for spending the time. But I really enjoyed our conversation. It's been really interesting. And I, like we said in the beginning, I had no idea where it was going to go. But I knew, I had a sense that that, uh, that it would be really full of insights. And I think it has been. So thanks yeah. so much, Patricia.
1: I learn every time I have. I, I talk to people. I learn from you. I learned lots of stuff from you today. So that was good. That was awesome.
0: Oh wow. Well, that's that's good. Same for me. So, all right. Well, thanks so much. And I just will say your book. Do you want to hold your book up there just uh, into the camera so everyone can see? I'm
1: sure I have it right here. Right behind me here. It just happened to me. Hopefully it's not backwards. Seen and Unheard, a Little Girl's Journey from uh, Silence to Empowerment. And you can get it at Amazon um, Everywhere. At Barnes and Barnes & Noble here in the States. Yeah. Yeah. And also my website, patricialove.com.
0: Yeah, no worries. Well, all right. Well, thanks so much. And we'll uh, hopefully meet up again sometime.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. Bye for now.